everybody. Welcome to church. Welcome to our service this morning. 2020 is here. Anybody had to correct the date yet? Were you typing in the date or writing the date? 20? Oops, no, it's not 2019 anymore. And just a, a word of advice, please don't write 20 as an abbreviation on anything, if you haven't heard that. Don't write 20 as an abbreviation, because you can add to the end of it, 18, 19, 16, whatever. So just a, a word to the wise. Let me share with you this morning scriptures that really talk about a race. I want to start with a, a Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, the memory verse that we've already read. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Anybody want a prize this morning? Yes. Anybody up for a prize? Jill, Jill that was just too quick, but brilliant. She got in there first. She wasn't going to allow anybody else to get a chance to get the prize first. She was in there. Well done, Jill. Quick on the response. You know, it's called first mover advantage. And, and uh, if you want a title for this morning's sermon, sermon, I guess I'd call it the prize. Reaching for a higher call. And there are plenty of scriptures, and I'm going to read a number of scriptures this morning that talk about a race, talk about being equipped, talking about being ready. And uh, I know at this time of year, people would often think about things like maybe try to lose the pounds they put on over Christmas. And people might just think about trying to be a little healthier. Well, I don't want to talk about the healthiness of our body. I want to talk about the spiritual healthiness of us. Do you know, I, I believe we could all probably be a little trimmer in the spirit. Maybe our spiritual bodies are a little fat. Maybe our spiritual bodies have got a little bit of a blockages in our arteries. Maybe I could call that sin. You know, that things that would not help the lifeblood of Christ flow in us and through us, the Holy Spirit to flow in us and through us. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 24, it says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. I know there's a really common set of thinking around that says it's more important to join in than it is to win. But do you know what? What's the point of a race if we're not going to try? Okay, if we do our best, and we do our best, and we do even better than the best we've ever done, but we still don't win, we've beaten our former, former best time. We've beaten our former best weights, if you're lifting weights or whatever it is that you... But you have stretched forth and gone beyond that which was normal. If we don't have a sense of competition, if we don't have a sense of going forth and stretching, we will always be stuck in the place that we're in. We'll always be limited by saying, well, that'll do. Well, I, I joined in the race, that'll do. Well, I know I came last, but I came last last time and last the previous time and last the previous time. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. That means on the, when we're going to start something, we're starting with an expectation that we're going to finish. And I think that's such a challenge, because that means we need to be ready for the race. We need to be ready to do, for what God's going to ask us to do. If God says, are you ready? I wonder what our answer might be this morning. Are you ready? You might say, ready for what? Well, okay, 
to win the prize, to run the race, to complete what God has set before us. Now, I don't know today whether it's a 100-meter race for you or whether it's a marathon obstacle race. But are we ready? Can you imagine me saying, OK, I want everybody to turn up to church next week in athletics kit. We're all going to run a race. And then when everybody gets here, everybody's, some people are on the line jogging like this. I'm ready. I've been training all week. I've, I've got the kit on. I've got some extra kit. And then I said, OK, and the race is a 26-mile marathon over hurdles. Some of you go, but Dave, that's not fair. I thought it was going to be a 100-meter race. Are we ready for the race? Are we ready to compete? Are we ready to press in? In, in, in 1 Timothy 4, it says this, beginning at verse... Let me start at 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. But reject the profane and old wise fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable to all things. Having promise of the life that is now and that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labour and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the saviour of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Godliness, godly living. I wonder when the last time somebody might have asked you this. Why do you do that? Why is it you're always so peaceful? I noticed you don't swear. I noticed you've always got a smile on your face. I noticed you've always got a positive word or a word of encouragement. You know, if God has changed us on the inside, surely it ought to be evident on the outside. A smile, an encouragement, a hand on the shoulder, a round of applause. Scripture encourages us, do not, do not uh, forget uh, encouraging one another, spur one another onto love and good deeds. Godliness is a fantastic training, but it starts with us. It starts with us. Further on in, in 2 Timothy, it goes on to say this, 2 Timothy 4. Sometimes when I, when I write scriptures down, I wonder whether I've written them down correctly, because, okay, it's 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. Consider what I... I have fought the good fight... I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord. The righteous judge will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. For I have fought the good fight. When, when we get to the finish line, I've been told by sports psychologists that actually if you're going to run any kind of race, you've got to think about the finish line. You've got to think about the finish line because sometimes the difference between winning and not winning is just the mental attitude, just somebody stretching forth. You'll find that if you watch the, the 100 metre races, the great 100 metre races of history, Jesse Owens, Hussein Bolt, um, as they get to the line, they stretch forth their chest and they push forward and they lean forward. And it's just in that last metre as you cross the line. If you do it too early, 
Uh, you, you might miss it. But a stretching forth towards the finishing line. And I want to ask us this morning, is God stretching you? Is God stretching me? Is he stretching us so that we won't stay the same? That we will say, oh. Because sometimes when we get stretched, the next day we feel a bit sore. If you've maybe done some gardening or done something that you haven't done for a long time, the next day you'll go, oh, that's a stretching. And that can feel like that too. Sometimes we can think, oh, my mind's really full right now because of the things that I've been challenged about, because of the things that I've pressed into. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Three statements in there. Firstly, you know, sometimes life is a fight. I was, talk, I was on a Skype call with a, a few people around the world this week, and they were all having a bit of a pity party about stuff. Uh, you know, everybody on the call was, you know, was kind of New Year blues almost. Um, and I just thought, okay. And I, I was silently on the, on the call just thinking, okay, I want to say something. And then I just dropped a few encouraging words in, and then somebody said, yes, you're right, Dave. And it just took one drop of words. The conversation changed. But I could have joined them in the pity party. Yes, the news is terrible. No, I chose not to. I chose not to. I just dropped a few words, a few choice words, into the conversation. And then those ripples just ran through everybody's conversation. Sometimes we can take a long time to do things. I could have done it at the end of the call. Well, then it would have had little effect. I did it as soon as I, I recognized, hey, we're all having a bit of a pity party. Hmm. Let's press in and see what God will do. I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. You know, let's not start a race unless we're intending to finish it. I have kept the faith. And Hebrews goes on to say this in Hebrews 12, because this is where I want to kind of, it's not just about the race, it's also about encouraging others to complete it. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3, it says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, before the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I just love it that we're not running on our own. There are, if you want a picture of this, just imagine you're on the track and there are thousands in the stands. And they're not just sitting there watching you, waiting for you to start. They're already standing, applauding before the race even starts. They're already going, yes, go for it. We, we know you're ready. We want you to do your best. Go for it. So great a cloud of witnesses. I mean, that's quite a few people in my opinion. I don't know whether you're imagining hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands. And what do we need to do as we run that race? Lay aside every weight. I mean, again, if I, if I asked you all to come dressed in, in sports kit for next week, said, OK, we're just going to do a 100-metre race this week. Just a 100-metre race. Everybody ready? And probably everybody would go, yeah, we're ready to do 100 metres. But you've got to drag this tyre and this fridge 
and a table and a car behind you. One of, one of the things I like to watch over Christmas is World's Strongest Man. I'm amazed what the body can do. Um, and just imagine if I asked you to move some of, the, some of those things, we couldn't even move an inch and they picked them up. But imagine if I said, okay, can you run the 100 metres dragging a tyre, dragging a safe and a car? You'd say, Dave, I can't do it. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And sometimes I think we look at circumstances that come in our direction. We look at things that come our way and go, I can't do that. We don't start from a place of faith. We start from a place of doubt. We don't even start because the, the enemy's got us. He goes, well, look at, look, at, look at what you've got to drag behind you. Well, what is, it, what is it this weight, the sin that so easily ensnares us? All it takes is a simple confession. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the anger that I had this morning. Forgive me. Let me turn. That's what repentance is. Let me turn in another direction and choose not to speak angrily. Again, let me, let me speak blessing to that person. Let me speak. Let me go and apologize. But, but, but do something. So, this, so suddenly, the tire's being cut off. We don't have to run with the tire anymore. Then maybe, maybe there was a bit of unforgiveness about something. Suddenly the safe was gone. Now it's just the car. And I know what some of our car driving's like. I've travelled with some of you. You know, what, you know what my driving's like for some of you who travel with me. So maybe there's the big one. There's the big one. How, how, do, how do we be a blessing on the road? Ooh. Ouch. Have I just pressed the button for somebody there? Ouch. I don't know how many times I've done this, but when, I, when I've had time, and I must be honest, when I've had time, and we're in a queue of people, and you know, you know when the traffic's busy and everybody's backing up and you're, you're kind of staying as close to the car in front so that nobody else can push their way in. I'm not letting anybody in because I'm going to get there 30 seconds earlier than if I let somebody in. I've seen people in front of me as a car from the side road wants to pull out and they pause and they, you've seen them gesture or flash their lights or do something, you know, you've seen something and you've seen a wave go on. And that person now is sitting two cars in front of me because there's the car in front of me and the car that they let in. We get to the next road and that person then goes, lets somebody in from the side road. Do you know it's contagious? Niceness and goodness is contagious. You know, and sometimes you can see people do something and you can see the ripple boom, 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 echo into different people's lives. And many years ago, and I've told this story, but it works well for this morning's sermon. We used to have, when we owned the building New Road, um, we used to have a senior citizens lunch there once a month. And uh, we had senior citizens come from all, all around Egham, Egham High. They came for lunch together. And uh, they, they enjoyed it. Some of them would say, Dave, we really enjoy it because we don't have lunch alone. And we had one lady whose sister used to come to the lunch, sorry, uh, and she came all the way from um, Hounslow, that way. She jumped on the bus and she'd come all the way from Hounslow just to come to the lunch. And she arrived and we used to kind of gather together at 12, have a short service and have a lunch about 12.30. She arrived about 5 to 12, all hot and bothered off her bus and she said, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to say hello, uh, hello and then I'm going to have to say goodbye. I said, why is that then? Oh, well, because I've left my purse on the bus. She said, oh, I, and it's got my keys in it, it's got everything in it. She said, I've left it on the bus. And I know this is true for you, Jill, right now. So, you know, this is a real prayer point now. 
Um, she said, I've left the, the purse on the bus. And I said, look, I'll tell you what. Why don't we pray as part of the service? We'll pray for your purse. We'll have the lunch. I'll then ring up the bus company and see whether it's been handed in. And if it's been handed in, I will take you in my car to go and collect your purse. So she said, okay, Dave. I said, look, what, you know, you're not going to achieve anything by jumping on a bus and running around. Let's just believe God. Let's trust that God will, your purse will be found safely and nothing will be missing. So we, I stood up the front and said, okay, I can't, I can't remember the lady's name off the top of my head, but I said, let's pray for her purse and let's believe. Let's trust. And so we prayed and we had lunch. And uh, whilst they were having lunch, I rang the bus company and said, this purse on this particular bus um, was, was left on this particular bus number. Has anything been handed in? They went and checked and they came back and said, yes, it's here, ready to be collected. So I walked back into the room. Well, what do you think the expectation was? Well, I said, oh, just a moment, just a little bit of news, everybody. The purse has been found. And everybody went, yes. Great, fantastic. And when we went to collect the purse, everything was in the purse, keys, money, nothing missing. But having gone and taken this lady to collect her purse and taken her home, I then popped around to visit somebody else who wasn't at the lunch, just to see them. And when I popped around to visit them, she said, you had a good lunch this afternoon, didn't you? I said, excuse me? She said, you had a good lunch? I said, well, yes, you knew we were having lunch this afternoon, so I, you might have. She said, no, no, I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about answered prayer. I said, how do you know? She said, well, somebody rung me. And the person who rung her was not somebody who was at the lunch. Somebody else had rung them and told them. And then somebody else. So here's the thing. When we start dropping the goodness of God in life, ripples happen, stuff happens. And sometimes we don't know the effect of it. Sometimes one thing we will say will be repeated two, three, four, five, ten times maybe. You know, and we never know quite where it's going to end up. So I, I kind of really believe that God wants to be, us to be equippers. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be encouragers in these things. So when we talk about a great a cloud of witnesses, I just want to go, yes! I want to be there in the crowd. And even if I'm in the race too, I want to be there. Yes! I've never done the London Marathon, but I have seen videos and TV shots of it. Or just the thought of starting a race with thousands of other people. What kind of expectation must that give you? You've done all the preparation. You've done all the, you know, anybody who's going to run a marathon will have done the prep. Josh or, or Paul could tell us these things. That, you know, you need to do preparation to, to be ready for a race. But I want, to, I want to talk about the training that God takes us through. Because... Um, I talked about weight, I talked about sin that so easily ensnares us, but let's run the race with endurance. Let me just paint you a, a bit of a silly example. You start your 100 meter race and you haven't tied your shoelaces. So as you drive out of the, uh, the blocks, in the first 10 metres, you step on your shoelaces, you fall flat on your face. You graze your knees, you graze your hands, you feel a little silly. You could say, I give up. What's the point? Well, I would want to encourage you, as Magnus Magnusson, if anybody knows him, says, I started, so I'll finish. Let's 
finish the race, even if we trip over our shoelaces, even if something cause us, causes us to fall flat on our face. Let's pick ourselves up and let's run the race with endurance. Endurance starts in here. Endurance is not just about physicality. Endurance is a mental um, because that's, that's the place where we say, I'm going to pick myself up. It doesn't start with the body saying, I'm going to pick myself up. It starts with the mind saying, I'm going to pick myself up. And I'm going to do this. Does anybody remember a guy called Chris Akabusi? Anybody remember why he's famous? I tried to find a video of this. Actually, Michael. I'm not sure whether I've got the right name now. I'm not, even gonna, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna tell the story because I don't want to confuse it, I don't want to misquote it. But, um, there, there is a beautiful video of a 400 meter runner who, whose hamstring goes on the home straight, running a race. And everybody else has finished the race. And he's hobbling around the track. Thank you, Derek Redmond. It wasn't Chris Akubisi. Derek Redmond. And uh, everybody else has finished. So you might say, well, well, give up. Derek, give up. Stop. You know, and this is, the crowds are all watching, and Derek's hobbling. He's hobbling around the track. And then some of the officials, because they want to get on with the next race, start coming onto the track and saying, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. We, we need to get on with the next race. And then out of the crowd, there's a shout that comes up. It says, and his dad runs onto the track. And his dad runs onto the track because he knows the price that he's paid. He, you know, he, his hamstring's not gone. He's not going to win any prizes. And his dad comes and supports him. And they go down the finish track. And he's hobbling along. And here's the thing. As, he, as the race is over, the winner's already been decided. But the crowd starts to rise. They start to applaud. And they start to shout and scream and say, come on, come on. You know, and he's hobbling down the track with his dad helping him down. The, and there's this applause going on. And the noise gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Until Derek Redmond crosses the finish line. And there's a massive roar from the stadium. Even louder than the end of the race. And, and, and you know, Derek Redmond just wanted to finish. His dad knew the training that he'd done, so he wanted to encourage him. And they were not going to let any officials stand in the way and say, no, 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 we want to get on with the next thing. He wanted to finish his race. So let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so sometimes we can think, oh, life is tough. Imagine before the race even started on your training run, you fall flat on your face. You graze and bruise your legs, and so you think, oh, I won't run the race. I'm a bit bruised. But won't be training ready for the race? Romans 8, verses 28 to 30 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. For he, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, he predestined these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified, and to whom he justified, he also glorified. God has a plan for us. He has a plan for us. He has a plan for you and for me. And there is a purpose and a destiny in that plan. There is a calling. There's a calling that's unique for you and for me. And we need to get into that race. 
In 2020, a new decade, a new number on our calendar. Let's finish the race that God is starting for us. Let's press in to all that we are to become all that we can be in him. I've been told by athletes, and I've watched a few videos on this, I've been told by athletes that actually, if you've beaten your personal best, that's the best. And actually, it doesn't matter sometimes whether you win or not. I mean, winning is nice, but beating that which you did before. And I want to encourage us to press in, to start with an attitude that means we're going to finish, to start with an attitude that says God is for us and who can stand against us. And then to press into that race and just to see what God will do. Let me pray. Father, I want to pray some simple prayers this morning. But I want to pray them with grace, seasoned with grace. Filled with hope. Pressed down and running over. And so, Father, firstly, I pray that, Lord, you'd help us to set aside the sin that so easily ensnares us. Father, help us to choose some new habits. At the beginning of a new year, help us to make some new choices. That means we will run more freely. We are more likely to finish because we have less obstacles in our way. But Father, help us to choose it. Help us to choose to run your race that you've set before each one of us. Father, help us to choose to follow your calling. Help us to choose to follow your lead. Help us to choose to press into our destiny in you. With church, even as I'm praying, I want to just encourage them and say, you know, the plan that God has for each one of us is bigger, better, and more fulfilling than some of the plans that we have for ourselves. So, Father, help us to lay aside the sin, the habit that we have that might cause us to fall flat on our faces. But Father, help us to have a mindset and a heart of endurance. Help us to continue to listen to your still small voice of calm, calling us, drawing us into your plans and your purposes. And Father, when circumstances do trip us up, when things do stand in our way, Father, help us to be believers in your word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, Father, we listen for the starting gun for the next chapter in the next season of racing. And we choose to run the race with boldness, faith and endurance. In Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, I mean, we have plenty of opportunities now, I mean, to start that race.
for many may have already started and you have a clear picture vision of where uh, you are heading uh, but if not I mean there is plenty of time just to to bring all these things to the Lord and um, allowing him to help us guide the plans for this year the race and how he wants us to run this race amen